0: But pure evil wears only one. And this is your final chance to see it.
1: guys what is dead may never die jason is dead oh wait no he's not today on this episode of whose filmography is it anyway we finish our exploration into friday the 13th only i guess these movies are not technically friday the 13th movies they are jason movies it's been rebranded uh today we cover jason goes to hell the final friday yes the final friday and jason x uh, with me, as always, is my co-host and friend, Josh Page.
0: Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for another lovely introduction, as always. Um, yes, I don't know how we made it so far, but we have hit both our final Friday and one more um, Jason film after that in our non-Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th franchise. Um, <laughs> it has been a journey it to Helen back. It really
1: has. <laughs> 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 well, quite Literally
0: no puns intended
1: not that they explain how he got back from hell but we'll get to that movie when we get to Mm. that movie
0: (laughs) we sure will
1: i can't believe we have made it through all 10 of these movies
0: it's i'm i think that if there has never been a testament of our personal friendship before i feel like this has been a good hurdle because it's kind of like putting someone else through this (laughs) it's a real testament to uh uh you know commitment i would say
1: no 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 it was uh this was definitely an interesting venture i i know that may not sound positive but i've had fun with some of these movies
0: oh yeah even
1: one of them we're gonna cover today like i i won't spoil my complete final thoughts but jason x i thought was it was it hit the room level where it was so stupid that
0: it was funny you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, that's it's one of the most uh, The Room-comparable movies we've watched of this franchise.
1: quite literally in a visual sense, too. The way in which it was colored and the way in which it was... We'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> anyway. To, uh, as always, well, as we have done in the past couple of episodes, Josh and I will not be talking about how we first came to these movies, unless you have a different story.
0: Aim to fear first. <laughs> Okay.
1: And I just watched these movie, this movie for the first time the other day. Yes. And watch it, I did.
0: Watch it, you did. Um, as always, we will not be going over the plot breakdowns uh, like our previous seasons or and or uh, topics. Yes. Uh, it's basically just Jason somehow reappears and kills a bunch of people, usually a bunch of horny teens, he literally
1: did just magically appear there wasn't (laughs) even like some (laughs) resurrection just nothing like that he he's just he's back
0: i i will say and if you want to jump right just the launching point it's funny that up until now every friday movie has been like we need to show some sort of scene where jason's coming back to life or where jason is being resurrected or he's being electrocuted and he arises i feel like that was the moment jason takes manhattan where it's like there's just this corpse underwater and the boat is rocking uh from the teens having sex premarital sex and then the uh the the electrocution is going that shocks this dead body and all of a sudden it's like okay he's back because audiences can suspend their disbelief at this point that they're not gonna give us the scene anymore of how he comes back
1: well, it's hard to come back when you've literally melted in the streets of Manhattan. <laughs> but who knows? Um, if anyone could think of a way, you would think it would be these people. Um, but you ready yeah. to get into the production, pre-production,
0: and all that fun stuff? I'm, I'm ready to get into all that jazz. Because, um, right. yeah, you start.
1: So we kind of covered this last week a little bit. Um, but this is the first movie that New Line took over the uh friday the 13th franchise which is why it's not technically a friday the 13th movie it is a jason movie it has been rebranded <coughs> paramount um, retained the rights to the character but new line got to produce and make the movie yes
0: right I, so i didn't realize because until i read the trivia note um because i knew that we had talked about last time that the the production had changed distributors changed but they, the literal reason they call it Jason Go Friday instead of Friday the 13th, part nine, was because New Line literally didn't have the rights to Friday the 13th. Yeah, they um,
1: did not have the rights to a lot of the old material, like Tommy, for example. They wanted to bring him back, but they didn't have the rights to bring him back.
0: Uh, from what I read about what they wanted to do with the movie, makes me kind of like sad for what could have been. Um, Because it seems like they had to make a lot of last-minute changes.
1: Well, I feel like that's... You can
0: see that. Um, I mean, the the original title was Friday the 13th, Part 9, The Dark Heart of Jason Voorhees.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And originally, this was supposed to be Freddy versus Jason. Uh, But what ended up happening was Wes Craven went back to Nightmare on Elm Street with New Nightmare, and they... Wouldn't allow two Freddys at the same time, oh, so okay. that was a no go. Uh, so this was essentially, I guess, became the setup for Freddy versus Jason because Jason's uh, Freddy's glove literally emerges
0: at the last, yeah, last scene.
1: But let's go back. Uh, the budget for this movie was three million dollars, <throat> and the box office returns were fifteen point nine million dollars. So I feel like we're back in like. The first movie or it's like the third movie territory it's not doing exceedingly well anymore but it's not doing terrible Terrible. it's making its money back um the director of this movie was 23 years old when he made it his name is adam marcus Apparently, he was on movie sets, like, all his life. At age 11, he was a PA, and at age 13, he was, like, editing.
0: Um, which is beyond me. That's a, that's bananas. Um, I, I don't know how many notes you have, because I was doing some reading on this, but uh, apparently um, he, <laughs> Adam Marcus had made a lot of first director mistakes, as they put it. So I don't know how many notes you have about him. Like, nope. for example, one of the trivia notes is that they said the only person who actually viewed any of the footage during their tw- their initial 28-day shoot was the editor, David Handman, meaning that no one was viewing the dailies as per normal procedure. So everyone this was is- focused. <laughs> everyone was so focused on moving to the next thing to make sure that they got – that what they shot was usable, but a lot of it ended up not being usable. So um, – goes back to (laughs) say that (laughs) so but it goes back to a lot of adam marcus's uh decisions for example he had originally um he had originally shot an eight minute sequence in non-stop slow motion in the diner massacre
1: oh my god
0: and it's like there were certain things like he just like they couldn't do or they couldn't use um and so um a lot of the sh- a lot of the film was reshoots and repurposed footage. A lot of it is improvised, um, and a lot of it is, is um uh it, it's kind of like on a dime here. They compressed little scenes, uh, backstory for Creighton Duke. A lot of the stuff was just consolidated. Uh, a lot of backstory was axed, and a lot of script changes were made like on the spot. <laughs>
1: that does not shock me at all. apparently in 2018 a documentary came out about this movie I didn't watch it because it's an hour and a half long and I'm not I already dedicated an (laughs) hour and a half to this movie I'm not dedicating anymore but apparently it was like a mix between an apology and an explanation of like what happened during this movie
0: it's really something
1: Um, the director was told to completely ignore Jason Takes Manhattan just completely ignore it
0: um i i just want to jump in here this is there apparently there was allegedly a comic book that bridged the gap between uh part eight jason takes Manhattan, and this film uh followed jason after he was dipped in toxic waste in the new york city sewer and his killing spree all the way to the lake and explains why the fbi has a task force a task force spe- specifically for jason um, apparently, yeah, an there's explanation a whole, to that
1: would have been nice a little ap- bit you know. apparently
0: there's a whole thing that they had a comic and it, it told all this history and then it bridged the gap and led right up to part 9 and it was completely nixed was uh, little, there was also a video game <laughs> Jesus
1: I, some of that information definitely would have been helpful, definitely prudent effects um, uh, supervisor Howard uh, Berger <laughs> stated that in Early script had a scene of Jason and his mother having sex. I don't know the validity of it, but that would have been some wild stuff.
0: Um, yeah, that's um, man, that is some uh, that's <clears throat> that's wild territory.
1: Rusty Schwimmer, not related to um, David Schwimmer. David. Yeah, uh, Rusty <laughs> Schwimmer, who plays Joey, really wanted to do a horror movie and a soap opera her agent told her they were casting for a man's role in, in the new Jason movie. And apparently she nailed the audition and they brought in Leslie Jordan as Shelby and both of them just immediately hit it off, which is wow. completely ironic because yep. he, they are both gay. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would not have thought, Wow. Well,
1: actually, Rusty, Rusty, I don't know. But Leslie Jordan is definitely, I don't know if you've seen, you've definitely seen his Instagram videos during this quarantine time.
0: I'm sure I have.
1: Um, Richard Grant, the coroner, originally read for the role of Duke.
0: Uh, um, but I guess he didn't T- Tony, get it. Tony Todd also auditioned for Duke. And that would have been, he was Candyman.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um he's a great his...
0: he's a great actor so yeah, it's that's so what I'm saying.
1: that may have helped the one of the problems
0: oh um, my god yeah absolutely
1: the heart that the coroner eats was made of gelatin and filled with grape jelly so
0: um
1: i i still might have vomited eating it but
0: uh apparently actor richard Gant was so disgusted nearly threw up during the take when they shot it with the heart with all the I have cocktail no doubt guy. it reminded <laughs> really me
1: of uh You've never seen it, but Game of Thrones, there's a scene where they eat a heart, and it's just nasty stuff. Steve Uh, Williams, Duke, the guy who played Duke, said (laughs) he'd take the role, but he had to have the character have a cowboy hat.
0: Only if he had a cowboy hat, I saw that. (laughs) Which is really funny, because, like, and, like, I mean, there's really nothing to get into about it, but it's, like, it's funny, because, like, here's this Friday the 13th movie, and this, like, Western character just shows up with his hat tipped down, his feet up, and he's like, hey there, little doll. And I'm like, "I'm like, what, what movie is this? What is this from? And I couldn't help but think of... Where um, are <laughs> we? Didn't what the is FBI this? just come here? And it's amazing, because like <clears throat> like I told you, like a bunch of backstory we shot, um, was shot. backstory was scripted, and uh, one of the biggest things that were just cut was a whole backstory for Duke, how <laughs> there's a line... Uh, here it is. He says, "Just before Duke, uh, he handcuffs. Just before he handcuffs himself to Jason, to part of immovable furniture." Duke says, "Son of a bitch, you remember me?" In the final film, this sounds nonsensical. In the audio commentary, it's revealed that the script had Jason kill Duke's girlfriend. His backstory uh, explaining that he was canoeing with his girlfriend at Crystal Lake. Before Jason emerged from the water and dragged his girlfriend down into the lake, as he's been known for doing, I guess. Classic um, this, Jason. This is what led to his career in the police force, dedicating his life to hunting down Jason for revenge. And all of this was cut from the film.
1: This movie definitely could have used a lot more backstory. <laughs> but it's... you know what the problem is? <clears throat> you know, I'll, I'll save it for later. I'll save
0: it Yeah, later. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Carrie Keegan, the, lead, the technical lead actress of the movie when she had to go do her crying shower scene, mm-hmm. she wore a flesh-colored uh, suit so that nothing could accidentally be filmed. The last note I have is that by the end of its run, it made $15.9 million, as we said. But that was still the highest-grossing horror movie of the, of this year, of that year. The 90s
0: are 1993. notoriously... The 90s are known for notoriously... Um, hitting a downslope in horror until Scream. And then even then it wasn't until Scream 2 and Halloween H20, which was just at that point, you know, pawning Scream movies that was like, made it made the 90s successful for horror. Um, it was known to be a kind of a dead decade for horror for a little while.
1: You ready to get into the categories?
0: I have one note. Oh. In, the, in the climax of the film, when they're battling in front of the Voorhees house, the jungle gym outside of the house was the same jungle gym used in the birds <laughs> okay cool it's a random note i don't know how or what if they transported it or if they shot in the same area um very weird note but 69 out of 70 people found it interesting in imdb so
1: as long as as long as they didn't compare themselves to the birds you know
0: that's 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 literally the only note it's just the jungle gym
1: so then are you ready to get into categories
0: oh i am all right, as always, favorite.
1: we have best kill, best chase, best weapon, worst character, and depending on the movie, best or worst quote. Tell me, Josh, what is your best kill?
0: Shit, all right. <clears throat> my third, all right, so my runner runner up was uh, the woman having the car door slammed on her head. Um, I actually watched it. I, I laughed so hard, I had to rewind it. <laughs> I, I had to, because of the way... It's not just that that it's happening; it's the way it's cut. Because also, she's standing there, and the card and they—it happens so fast that it's just it, it, and it cuts immediately. And I was like, "Wait!" And I rewinded and sure enough, I thought maybe I missed something. And sure enough, she gets a- I
1: didn't have the strength to rewind in this movie. I was not going <laughs> backwards.
0: Um, Jason exploding in the opening scene.
1: Uh, Which I just okay.
0: want to say, I, I really, I'm not going to, I'm not, I have to try and not spoil my final thoughts during, because like I want to interject with like lines, but like, I'm not going to. They're, when this SWAT team comes in, and they're like, they have the highlights on, on him, and they're shooting at him in slow motion, and he, and then like, they're like high-fiving the FB, the, the naked woman with the towel, because she's secretly like a, a secret agent. Secret agent. <laughs> so... <laughs> So anyway, they're shooting up Jason and they explode and there's explosions over and his body explodes. And I was like, that's great. So that was my runner, runner up. Um, this because it's not necessarily a kill, but I couldn't help but make note of the melting person. That's my answer. So, the, so I mean, I'll I'll let you speak, but it's just the, the production value behind that. The act because so basically for those at home, it's like when, I guess when Jason's—I'm not even going to be Jason is
1: transferring else. his essence <laughs> from one conduit to the next, um, um, and when he vacates one body, the body disintegrates. Um, and the effect or the prosthetics, whatever they did, looked great. I, the only yeah, compar- the only comparison I can make is probably to the fly, and that's high praise.
0: I mean, it's really, I mean, and I'll say, I'm gonna do my best to save, to not dive in and save for final thoughts, but like the fact that the production value in this movie is, can get that good. I mean, the guy's melting and they cut different shots and it's, it's, I'm buying it. Like, I'm like, wow, this is really gory. It's really, they're doing it well. And then for them to make the decisions they make in this movie, I'm like, how am I watching the same movie? So um, all that to say is, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get away from that. That was, that for me was like, it was beyond anything else in the movie. And yeah. it's like the only scene where something like that happens. The production value is pretty good throughout in different scenes, but that's the standout scene for me, like production wise.
1: We'll get to it later, but this movie is just very strange when it comes to production value versus everything else.
0: 100%. Um, uh, tell the people at home you're the uh, best chase.
1: The best chase, I guess, is the opening chase with the FBI woman in the towel because it was just insane i like literally came out of nowhere and you're like what is going on this woman goes into shower which definitely needed to be cleaned before she entered the shower they showed the (laughs) rust stains and it was gross but she's taking a shower and all of a sudden she the lights go out and jason is there and she runs into the woods and the fbi is waiting for jason i
0: was just like what is happening what it's is it's very it's bananas and it like you said it happens so fast
1: it happened. this is the opening sequence I, that's why it's number 1 it it was just the most original and the most shocking cuz i'm like what is happening right now
0: um yeah what is I, had, I, I i it was the same i said the only runner up was jason chasing steven the main character no disrespect yeah. through the playground Slow at the, the the birds playground at the end I thought that was my runner up. I just, you know, whatever suspenseful is weird to this. The playground felt like it was specifically placed there. Like I didn't, you didn't need to have a playground. You could have shot around it, but it was very weird that they drew attention to it. I don't know. And I don't know if that has anything with someone wanting to be like, Hey, they shot the birds here. I don't I don't know. But my pick was the opening chase. Um, I thought it was very funny how (laughs) I myself as the audience was being tricked into watching what I thought was a normal Friday the 13th movie. Because like, again, like when I watched these on AMC Fearfest years ago, it was like, I marathoned them. They would play them like all day and I would DVR them and I'd watch them over like a few years back. So a lot of this is all blurred for me and a lot of it feels very new for me, which is good that you and I are doing what we're doing. So i don't I'm know how this. you
1: blurred the, this movie with everything else though. This, there, this you know, movie is vastly different than all of the others. Well,
0: no. And it's the one I remembered the most in terms of like, like the autopsy in the beginning really stood out to me. I very specifically remember a body and I remember like that scene with the souls the soul coming out and the eating of the heart and it's very like there you were Did you say
1: soul or whole?
0: <laughs> the whole soul was coming out. And like I just um I can remember more of the shouting and like the gooey stuff going from people's mouths, but like so much of this that movie black
1: tongue things.
0: Which was like, again yeah, with production value, I'm like, Hey, this is gross and it's working. But like I can remember very specifically the autopsy is like, oh, this is very different. And then there's like a blur. And now I'm remembering why there's a blur. Because so much of this movie is people running and shouting and talking about Jason. Jason's not even there. And again, but. Oh my um, God, it's
1: Jason Bourne.
0: But but in this opening scene, it's like, they tricked me again. I'm I'm like, I don't remember any of this. The woman's she's in. A, she's you know they're setting me up for what i already know she's going to take a shower i'm like all right she's gonna get naked clearly she's gonna get killed the lights go very out very sexual the, the mirror trick think like they're tricking me into thinking i'm watching a normal friday 13th movie very sexual and then the fbi raid happens and i'm like i have no idea what i'm watching anymore um it was very it's arguably the best part of the movie it's really should just
1: ended right there
0: it was really, as soon as he exploded, I was like, we kind of have our movie now. Like <laughs> Again, I don't know. There's no explanation as to how he came back, but here he is.
1: Uh, Jason Voorhees, everyone. Uh, then what is your best weapon?
0: Um, so, my... There was a fire poker that went through someone's chest. I had that as a weapon. The car door was my my runner-runner-up. Again... <laughs> <laughs> they cracked me up. I loved it, uh, but I I said the fryer slash boiler, and I dunked the head in the in the that in was the actually root beer. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. That's that's how uh, they
1: got the bubbles.
0: Uh, wow. Um, bubbles. not as. No, bu- bubbles. bubbles Not as bubbles. My, bubbles. <laughs> my bubbles, not as notable as the dunking of the head in the next movie, which I won't.
1: Spoil, oh, we will definitely which talk. Which we about will that must,
0: but that's that's. I'll leave it there. The fryer slash boiler, French fry boiler. Um, but please tell the people at home.
1: Um, I went with the probe from the morgue because Jason is liter through his uh, conduit was literally using an anal probe to kill someone. <laughs> Um,
0: some dark stuff
1: the other answer i have is the magic knife that duke somehow acquired and gave to the lead oh. because technically it kills jason <laughs>
0: so much of the backstory here is amazing he duke has, has all this mythical knowledge of jason he has this magic dagger i oh man well, that's
1: why i was saying like some of his backstory would have been nice because it seems like he has been studying Jason or has a history with Jason because... He's, yeah. He, I, I don't know. He's clearly a character.
0: I know. He's clearly a character and we'll use his way to the worst character, but it's like, he's clearly a character because he's got the cowboy hat and he's got the boots, he's got the posture, he's got the backstory, he's got the dialogue. There's so much about this guy, I can't shake, and I'm like, he must be in a different movie he's come he's a completely he-, he literally does not fit in with anything else
1: we'll get to him and, later yeah. um so th- that's my answer for best weapon actually yeah. let's get into duke now because well, like we're already i said this character that's the Sorry. segue where
0: that's the like i said that was the perfect the segue.
1: segue i apologize no I it's okay you, to cut can, you, you, off.
0: Can, you can edit it and post because um, he is
1: truly honestly the worst character in my opinion right. i mean i have some runner-ups but
0: duke no you no know, while you're on it keep going yeah
1: the, I don't mean to be mean to the actor, but hamming it up is not even like. That doesn't
0: put it close.
1: That doesn't even put it close. This guy is like, I I don't even. He's
0: know. he's the definition of being extra. Yeah, like when someone's like, "You're being extra," this guy, <laughs> Craven Duke is you know way is, extra.
1: It's it was like watching someone try to be Han Solo, where like you can't. Be, like you either have the demeanor or you don't. And you can't just put it on, you know? But
0: that's why I, I, I like that you made the note. You're like, no disrespect to the actor. Cause like, it's not that the guy's a bad actor or it's not that he's himself is, I don't even know his name, the actor. It's not, it's not that he's not good. It's just that, like I said, it's a, like whatever this guy is doing, he's not working. Like it's like whatever he's, everything he's doing feels like it's from ripped from a completely separate thing. like you like Han Solo is a great analogy because that's that's how he's playing the role it's the cocky smooth like smooth talker kind of like I I don't know like honestly
1: Duke's performance gave me more of an appreciation for Alden Ehrenreich who was able (laughs) to like pull off at least some swagger something Uh, Um, some other runner-ups for me were Joey B the diner owner just because she was like fucking crazy like you're not going to touch that perfect little angel. Like, What is going on? That's her child. You can't take her child away from her. And my other answer is Robert Campbell, the anchor, because he was just a horrible human being. But of course um, you knew he had to be a horrible human being.
0: There was I don't women. mean to
1: offend anyone. I don't mean to offend anyone. But if a successful news anchor is dating a woman who... It looks like just had a child maybe three to six months prior. They're probably using that woman for someone.
0: It really felt like I did, my brain didn't go there, but I knew it was fishy because it's like those characters, there's no reality for me. Even as a moviegoer who's suspending my disbelief. I mean, we're watching Friday the 13th. I can suspend my disbelief. And I'm like, there's just... No logical reason why these two characters would be together. There's no. nothing like, "Oh, I'm dating so and so." It's like, "Oh, hey, I'm so and so from the news," and it's like, "Get out of here!" It's like exactly. There has to be an angle here. Um, it
1: made no sense.
0: Uh- he was my. He was one of my runner-ups. Um, even, uh, I mean, even the. Again, no disrespect. Even the even the main character. Even even Stephen was, because I didn't really even understand. Steven. Even Stephen, how about that show? But you know, Stephen was like the first half i'm like i really I, it's funny this movie tricked me into thinking the characters who would stay alive died and then the ones who would die actually stayed alive yeah, like you the, definitely, the, i definitely thought steven was like honor. For, for sure i mean in the opening scene with the waitress at the diner i'm like oh this is gonna be a girl and then all of a sudden she's someone's on the phone with her like hello mom and she's like oh hello sweetie and i'm like oh this is someone's mother and I didn't huh. realize that the waitress at the diner was someone's mother. It didn't, and didn't make sense.
1: That and I, she didn't look old enough to have that not, young of that old of a daughter. One that, and two, her like boyfriend, fiance at the at the policeman was way like he looked so much older.
0: It didn't make sense. And I, I, I it's so hard not to tease final thoughts, but it's like I am watching this and I'm like, okay, this is our final girl. You got this woman, you know, this uh, this attractive brunette woman. Whatever, she's a waitress at a diner, And then all of a sudden, this man, he's like, "Hey, whatever." Like she's, I don't remember how the the dialogue came in. Then the the cop came in, who was her husband, I guess. And I thought that was her father,
1: her fiance. Yeah, I thought he was her father too. That was a Seinfeld
0: reference, by the way. It's I am- ma- lost my fiance.
1: I lost my fiance. <laughs> Maybe the dingo ate him
0: but um oh amazing but um i thought that this man because he looks much older i'm like oh this must be her father and surely this is the final girl and this is her her sheriff again like plot details i i've nixed over the years uh in my amc Fearfest binge but anyway no no i digress i, I don't want to get off it's track interesting, here
1: though that best quote or worst quote
0: uh, I just... No, yeah. No, no, you had mine. We were similar. I was going to say, Creighton Duke was my runner-runner-up, and the diner employees were were a tie. All the diner employees, especially the set one, which was her... What's her name? Joey B. Yes, that's the it one. It was her
1: diner. Um, so for best or worst quote, what do you got?
0: Um, for the quotes, I mm-hmm. had a, I had a couple. Um... Okay. Uh, uh this is in no particular order, although I have I do have a, a So my one of my runner ups was uh we at have the end,
1: a winner. we
0: have a winner at the end with the raid at the diner when the woman says go to hell, right before Jason squeezes her head, I she says go to hell. I said, Okay, another hell reference. Uh as if Tommy didn't, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it to hell. I'm going to make sure he gets there, whatever he says. Yeah. Um, the coroner I didn't in the beginning. Think of that. Yeah, it's, of course, they've been leading to hell all along, even though we never get to see it, which I'm a little disappointed in. We'll
1: at. definitely be talking about that in a minute.
0: But the coroner says, uh, in the beginning, says my he's gone on the recording. He says, my professional opinion, this guy's deader than shit. Huh. And then he says, yeah, next that last line, whatever. I thought that was a good line. But I'm going to have to go with the most bizarre line to me of the film. Uh, when the cop... Uh uh or talk, when the cop is talking to, to Duke and he says, I'm gonna say a couple of words, and you say the first thing that comes Jason Voorhees and he says, Makes me think of a little girl in a pink dress sticking a hot dog through a donut. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who oh, wrote okay. this
0: line? Who wrote this dialogue? Um, Duke I did. couldn't
1: yeah.
0: I couldn't get over it. I that was uh
1: that was a rough one. That's on my list too. It,
0: that, that
1: is bizarre. Um, all right, is that uh? That that's all my. Got?
0: That's that's my. That's my. That's my. All right.
1: So when Jason gets shot at, by the FBI, and everyone's congratulating each other, Duke has his entrance by just saying, "I don't think so." And I'm like, I immediately I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> yep. oh no, yep." Um. Then later on, Steve, when he picks up the hitchhikers. He goes, "Oh yeah, planning on smoking a little dope, a little premarital sex and getting oh slaughtered."
0: God, I had and that I la- this I just I, I met
1: I was like, "What what kind of dialogue is this one?" And two, like, could you be any more creepy?
0: Like, what? <laughs> that's what See, that's that was the moment because he was just a uh, weird dude until then, but he when he said that line, I said in my in my brain cuz we you and I've been training ourselves for eight movies now to to pick up on the signs. I'm like, oh, this dude's going to skinny dip with them. He's, I didn't realize he was the hero of the movie. Yeah. I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, he's going to skinny dip with them. He's going to do whatever. He's going to get into some kind of situation or he's going to end off on his own alone and he's going to get killed. I was so sure of it. I was like, oh, he, he's a creeper. He's setting himself I up. I couldn't
1: get over how creepy the line of dialogue was too because he's this weird old man in shadow <laughs> saying this weird dialogue in like, Dead tone. I, I, it was very strange. I was like I expecting agree. him to become the next Jason or something. <laughs> but my actual answer is from Robert Campbell. Well, last night I snuck into the morgue, stole Diana's body, then fucked her daughter. Just because again, who wrote this dialogue? Oh my god! One,
0: two. Who are you saying this to? I was. Go- I was. I was thinking. I was like, what is this? Build up. who are you threatening right now? But instead
1: of final thoughts, why don't we do just a final discussion about this movie? Because I feel like you and I are going to overlap and there's a lot to say. But let's attempt I, I can... to limit ourselves to five <laughs> minutes. So I'll start the conversation. This movie as a whole, it, to me, is just very mind-boggling. I feel like they took jason and instead of it being a typical friday the 13th movie they put him in a like ghost
0: movie i hate feeling like i feel like every worker was just like oh you took the words out of my mouth but it's like my so i read this note i didn't bring up earlier and i just didn't see it i forgot i had read it earlier didn't bring it up but it's one thing the director had said um they quoted the editor david hanman the only guy who saw the dailies He said that the director, Adam, told him, he said, when they were talking about the concept of this movie, he said, the last thing fans want to see at this point is Jason going through Camp Crystal Lake and chopping up teenagers again. Of course, this was was the only thing they wanted to see. And Adam ended up, Adam delivered a movie that was so not good. That was a quote from the editor, David. So this was an intentional choice. So, Honestly,
1: um, I don't know how. Like, this movie is an abjected failure. Like, it truly is. I'm sorry, but there's it's,
0: no other way to put it. It's mortifying.
1: I'm not. Uh, and again, we talked about this when we were talking about Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. If you're pitching the movie with a title with one thing, you can't not adhere to it. Jason goes to hell. I was expecting again I had no like pre I didn't look into it no preconceived notions I thought <laughs> it was literally going to be Jason in hell just like killing like already dead people that Why to me not? is infinitely more interesting than what even if got. it was
0: the shittiest movie that you could pitch the idea of Jason in some version of hell killing a version of dead people who represent teens he already killed in Crystal Lake and whatever and you come up with this bizarre plot in hell It sounds ridiculous. You could get back on the planet. The concept is still better. This boils down to a mere reality that by part three, we already knew we just wanted to see a masked killer Mm -hmm. killing people. At that point they demanded a gimmick like, Hey, let's do it in 3d. And it's like, it was literally from that movie. I mean, really even with uh, chapter, it's like every movie one up themselves for better or worse. Even with part five, we want to see a masked killer kill horny teens making stupid decisions and regardless of the fun you and i you and i have had watching these movies that's been consistent there's nothing to break that code and you get to this movie and it's like there's i mean who my 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 big note i said who the hell came up with this concept a jason movie without jason you're literally calling it you have jason in the title he's barely in the movie and i get it like jason's there but he's not he's it's How often do you see him in this movie? Um,
1: One thing you meant, because you mentioned the birds before, maybe there is some sort of like Hitchcockian (laughs) notion that went into it because I'm also thinking about Diana and how they killed her in the first couple, like first half hour or so, just like in Psycho, they kill Marion after a few. Sure.
0: sure. I'm not against the decision.
1: I'm not against the decision, but it's almost like that with Jason too. I feel like, the director was trying to adhere to the Hitchcock rule of like you hold back the, like to get suspense, you hold back on the MacGuffin and Jason ultimately became a MacGuffin in this movie.
0: Completely. It's it's something I've actually realized throughout, but it really rung true with Jason X, which we'll obviously get to soon, but it's like, seeing Jason in his full masked glory somehow at this point of the franchise gives me some kind of satisfaction because I'm like you know what this is the main character of this franchise it doesn't matter about Tommy it doesn't matter about Mrs. Voorhees it doesn't matter matter about any of the teens or any of the survivors or Tina or any of the nonsense going on this comes back to Jason so it's like for you to give us human characters with a you know, drooling black blood and they're, like, come pretending to be Jason and grunting, it's, like, it's just not the same. Like, at the end, which, by the way, we didn't mention it because it doesn't really come out of a conversation, there's no way it could come out of a conversation, but that slug creature, again, practical effects are amazing. Yeah. That came out of that person's neck and then <laughs> when they brought, because that's where the dialogue comes in with brought her body over and then it crawls Slug creature crawls into you know Diana's hoo-ha, and it's kind of like that's what and and somehow this becomes the masked hockey mask Jason again. <laughs> I well, mean, yeah,
1: what was that?
0: He, he, he jumps through the floor, and I'm like, oh, and immediately I'm like, This can't make sense. And they're like, It must be the bloodline of a Voorhees by a Voorhees. He must, I think mean, they said it a couple times, it's like, By, by a Voorhees, you know he what? Must, he must kill by a Voorhees, he must die, whatever.
1: It's one of those things where earlier in the podcast I was saying we needed more backstory, but in the same time, we shouldn't need more backstory because Jason movies or Friday the 13th movies already should have the backstory laid in. Jason died at the camp. That's it. I don't need to know about his family. I don't need to know his father didn't buy him a candy bar when they went to Target that one time. I just need to know that Jason is a killer and he's on the loose. I don't care about his, uh, what is it, his sister? Not really, well, that's, his half-sister. That's why it's,
0: it's bananas. They went with the Halloween twist of, like, when they're, when Duke keeps breaking Steve, Steve's knuckles in the and he keeps breaking his fingers in the jail cell, he's like, you want to find out more information? He's like, well, he's had a sister. And I'm like, what is going on here? And it's like, it's like that sister has a daughter. And it's like, it, it the the more it went on, the more ridiculous it became, and, and not even ridiculous in the good way. I was just gonna say, not in a way that this franchise has proved that, like, oh, it's getting more absurd. It's getting like it's it's fun to watch. This is like, you're not helping. You're not helping what's going on. I still don't see Jason in the hockey mask, and I and as an audience member, I guess that's all I want to see at this point.
1: My final thought, just because we already went over the uh, five minutes, we're like in ten minutes now, but um. <laughs> But my true final thought, and I swear I won't say anything after this, is this movie overall was just boring. I sat there and was bored watching it. None of the kills, like, I didn't care about any of the kills. I didn't think that any of them were particularly new or interesting. It didn't get interesting until Freddy's glove comes out of the the sand. And it's just like, at that point... that's the end of the fucking movie. You held out until the very end. I feel like this whole movie was just a shitty build up to Freddy versus Jason, which was another shitty movie. Right. That like I said, that's my final thought.
0: Even with the demon hands coming out of the ground and dragging him into the earth, I'm like, "All right, this is cool. Like, wh- maybe they'll do more with this." And then like even then it was like it was kind of like a gimmick. It's like, "All right, you're showing he's, he's he finally belongs in hell. He's finally being dragged to hell." And it's kind of like, there's still really nothing to it. There's so much substance. No, sorry, sorry. There's so much style and zero substance. Yeah. I I hated all of these characters. I hated this concept. And I really like as much as I, and that's why it baffles me just to not go full, full circle. My final thought is that it's amazing. They put what is clearly to me, seems like the biggest budget Friday the 13th movie thus far in terms of production value and they put it into a script that just is non-existent. A story that is bizarre. I mean, every decision they made from a story standpoint is bananas. It's nonsensical and it's completely uninteresting. <laughs> I mean, and this is my, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to copy capital <laughs> over this. Just when I thought that, what was it? Part five, a new beginning. Yep. Just when I thought and I'm not giving too much, I don't want to spoil too much about my about the rankings and the final, th- final, final thoughts when we, whole franchise. But just when I thought that a new beginning, it's like, okay, we've kind of peaked in this sense of like, it can't really get much worse. In the sense of like a concept and recycling. I'm really, I'm literally watching this movie and I'm like, dude, I, I can't believe it's kind of getting worse. You Jason
1: know? got in your face and said, I haven't even begun to peak. <laughs>
0: That's the. That's the line right there. Just cap it right there.
1: All right. So let's move on to Jason X. Coming soon. He is an unstoppable killing
0: machine. What the hell is going on? Jason Voorhees. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back.
1: I don't think he's out there. Why don't you stick your head out and have a peek? We are coming soon. All right, let's just do it. <laughs> so the director of job. this one is Jim Isaac. The budget on this movie was 11 million dollars with a return of 16.9. So this is what we call in Hollywood a bomb. It, taking marketing into account, it probably did not break even it came out in 2002 uh so nine years after jason nine that's how long of a break that this franchise needed i don't
0: yeah i mean i don't know if that helped or if that was what amounted to the box office doing what it did but it was it was a clear break
1: uh surprising as it may be they said they wanted a new spin on jason And Cunningham said that there were – because Cunningham, who was the producer on Jason uh, Goes to Hell and this movie, uh, he said that there are only so many times you can kill kids at a camp. So Cunningham, Isaac, and Todd Farmer, the writer, sat Mm -hmm. around for hours tossing ideas about where the franchise could possibly go. And they had about eight different pitches – Uh, Jason goes to snow, Jason in the North Pole, Jason in Africa, but none of them really worked. So the writer came up with the idea of space, and Cunningham thought it was crazy. So they had to write a treatment, and that swayed him. Uh, What he loved specifically was the weapons and the nanotech that would be implemented within the movie, which... Okay. it shows whatever gets you there <laughs> um this movie uh we alluded to it earlier how it's almost like the room and that's because this movie was uh shot uh, this was shot in film 35 mm but it was shot thir- 3 per- uh 3 perf and it was made to uh, be a high def TV standard which is 1920 by 1080 just like The Room
0: <laughs> oh really?
1: which is why this movie looks like it's a TV movie because it is 1920 by 1080p compared to the typical
0: it's funny because visually it's for for multiple reasons it's not just being taking place in space it's it looks the most different from all the other movies. Oh, 100%. Tell, I mean, I know there's like a, over a decade later from the last movie, but even Jason Goes to Hell, it's like okay, like it feels '90s, but like whatever, it feels old at the same time. This movie just really felt like
1: because this movie was shot on film, but it wasn't edited or processed in the typical and a typical film way. I mean, they th-
0: digitized
1: all of the film that they got because they had over 200 CG shots.
0: Right, so I was going to um, say one of the one of the top notes in IMDb is that it it's the only film in the Friday the Thirteenth series to rely on digital effects for death and gore shots. Yep. but that also goes a long way because like the digital stuff is stuff that I noticed just the fact that it's early 2000s CGI, so it's easy to pick up on. But like digital effects, like they were just noticeable in ways that in the franchise I had you couldn't pick up on because they weren't there. You know?
1: Yeah, like. Uh, I have some examples of the CG. Asriel's arm was CG, the chopping it off. Uh, The man who was cut in half, who was crawling, you know, his guts were all CG. The video game sequence was all CG, which doesn't shock me. Uh, Jason crashing to Earth was CG. And of course, they made the four spaceships uh, CG as well. Right. So this movie was just a lot
0: of CG. Yeah, you could, and, you know, when you could tell, you could really tell.
1: Yeah, but the spaceships, all there were also models that were made of the spaceships. Uh, uh, but they weren't, like, they made, like, practical models for just the crashing sequence. But when I say models, I mean, like, they built the literal inside of the ship so that they can block the scenes properly. Okay. Because they needed to know where everything would end up in post. This was back in 2002 before, like, the true digital CG age where now right. I assume you don't need to do this. Right, right, right. Um, Jason had 45 costume made costumes made for this Still one. not as
0: much as Reggie from part Still five. Still not as
1: much as Reggie, which is why I wrote it down. <laughs> Uber Jason, which, yes, you heard me right, Uber Jason. Yeah. Um, his costume was made from... Uh, Carbon Kevlar, which is what they used to make uh, cars with, like the now that's literally the standard for the uh, bumpers of cars. Uh, the black part was leather and latex on, and what held it together was Velcro. That's <laughs> just um, the on. I have only two other things. Cronenberg, uh, who was acting in this movie for I don't know what reason, he said that he would agree to be in the movie, but only if they killed him. So, so good Who's for that? him. David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg? He's in the movie. He is the one who uh, Jason, like Jason throws the uh, spear and it kills him. Well, it's not a spear. It's a metal
0: piece. That's so funny. It's, oh, he was um,
1: the scientist who wanted to. He was the one early on.
0: Jason's. Uh, oh, that's right. You know, it's, it's so funny. Cause I, I, I was like, I was like, this dude looks familiar. And then he died and I didn't think about him again. And I didn't realize that was Cronenberg. Um, that's really funny.
1: Yeah. He actually, I actually do know how he ended up in the movie. The director of this movie worked with Cronenberg in the past.
0: That's really funny um oh, no that's a good cameo that's good that's good i didn't realize it. i knew he i knew him from somewhere and i didn't think to look it up that's very interesting they said
1: um, that for this movie they wanted to bring a comic book filming style to uber jason and k's battle which saying that you can clearly see how far comic book movies have come <laughs> in the past uh 18 years
0: yeah I guess I could you could see how uh, with X with with X the first X Men movie and the first Spider-Man movie from Sam Raimi having released at this point I don't know what year this was well, I don't I'm sorry it's two thousand two I this same year as Sam Raimi's first Spider Man movie but I don't know the first what Spider
1: Man yeah it was yeah.
0: 2002. so it, I, all that to say is the comic book bar was already being set at a level which despite how you look at it now in twenty twenty or whatever year listening it's like um yes the bar has changed a lot since then but at that time there's a lot of early 2000s like swift action that feels like comic book style that is very present in this movie uh, for better or worse but um that's really funny yeah the only the only note i have yep is that betsy palmer who played uh pamela mrs mrs pamela Voorhees was contacted about reprising her role but she was doing a play in toronto at the time during filming so they could not come to agreement so the character was not included in the film which in hindsight after reading that note that's the only kind of thing i feel like is a shame because there's uh that simulation at the end of crystal lake
1: that's exactly where my
0: mind where my and I'm, mind. because i really the scene built He's sitting there. They're trying to trick him because obviously he gets very tricked by his mother or seeing a younger version of himself or whatever the franchise chooses. So I'm like, oh, they're going to bring it full circle. And I really like internally. I'm like, they're going to have to bring back his mother. That's just that's the key. And like, I feel like whoever wrote the you had said the screenwriter, Um, whoever was writing the screenplay was like probably uh, a Todd Farmer. Sorry, screenwriter Todd Farmer. was probably came up with that idea and they contacted Betsy palmer palmer who if uh things didn't work out or if things or if she hadn't been doing other things they probably could have got her which would have been cool it would have been older and it would have i don't know they probably could have done something unique with it
1: before we get into the categories i just wanted to say i put down a note that said best opening credit sequence of the franchise it reminded me of uncut gems where you think you know, like, it, the opening credits of Uncut Gems, I don't, I won't spoil that, but you think you're zooming in on one thing, and then it's something else. Yep. So, like, the opening credits of this movie, it looked like it was hell, but then it turned out to be thats what I thought a body. So that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, we're coming from hell, and we're going to a new movie, and I was like, oh, wait, never mind.
1: All right, uh, since we're already an hour in, let's crunch through these categories
0: let's do this thing
1: best kill go go for it
0: um so my runner-up well, these were actually pretty easy i felt like they they stood out to me the categories um i that was the midway or right before the third act the the jason kill from the cyborg lady uh km14 i guess her name was mm-hmm. um when she killed him the first time or whatever when she killed him when they thought he was dead the original jason yeah um it was a very funny and interesting and comical and entertaining sequence for me where she like got the upgrade and she did her matrix thing and she's in like the black leather and she's like doing her shootout but she's blasting his arms off and like again like with the pro the production value, like it was believable at that point. Um the, she's shooting his limbs off, she shoots his face half off, and I, I thought it was cool. I don't uh, know so that how did was... they feel about that sequence. I felt like I was watching it was, a It was so silly. It was it felt like it was ripped from a completely different movie. I really felt like I was watching a Matrix rip-off from someone with no budget.
1: It reminded me of like a like cheap ripoff of the Charlie's Angels movies. We got. Oh, that's the, a
0: that's a much better example because you've got this like faux. Femba. You got this. You got this. Oh, Bryce Dallas Howard character in like the black leather. The Charlie's Angels is a better example than the Matrix, but it's the same thing. She, she even has black, the one liners. Tight black leather. She's got the jokes. She's got the one liners. She's shooting. She's firing. She's pulling out other weapons. And you know that I'm it feels
1: like, like uh, sorry to interrupt, but it feels you know, like okay. if. Scary Movie did a parody of Charlie's Angels.
0: That's a great... That's a great um, comparison. Because it's like... It doesn't feel serious. It felt like... A, it felt comical. It was very like, all right, oh, it's like, oh, it looks like your plan didn't work out. And she's like, all right, my turn, whatever. She's coming with a one line. It's ridiculous. Um entertained by it. So I enjoyed her blowing him away. Of course, <laughs> the only other one I have... Because the kills were pretty good, but like they really uh they the only one i had was the frozen head smash yeah that was cool that was great, that was I just, great. the way that they sh- they because it was even the way it was show her him dunking the head and her head freezes and he picks her back up smashes the head and you just see the face just turn into ice charred uh shards of blood i was just it was cool man i like ice baby yeah
1: uh <laughs> Yeah, that's actually my choice. The only runner-up I have, and this is kind of a cheat, is the spaceship crashing into this hilarious space station and uh-huh. killing an entire, <laughs> literally killing an entire space station.
0: That seemed to be swept under the rug pretty Real quickly. Real quick. Real um, quick. No one seemed to mention it. No one seemed to mourn. No one seemed to say anything. It was kind of just like, where are we going to go now? And it's like, did you not just murder a bunch genocide. of people? And- did you just destroy a whole uh, station of people? What is happening right now? I feel like that was so glossed over.
1: Mass genocide. All right. Let's move <laughs> on to best chase. Uh, for my best chase, uh, I actually went with, it's maybe not necessarily a chase, but the military in the engine room trying to pick, find great. Jason and he's picking them off one by one.
0: That was great.
1: It was almost like xenomorphic, was, uh, but that's my pick.
0: Um, I went with the only one I went with was Jason chasing the kids after Solaris is destroyed that moment where they said, I meant to make a note of it as a quote, but I had other quotes, when they were like, why don't you just stick your head out? And and then he comes out and he chases the kids down the hall. That was the only one I had. Although the military scene, I will mention, um, that's my only pick. Cool. Um
1: best weapon go for it
0: as far as um there was the throwing spear in the opening i guess against david Kronenberg. Kronenberg. and then but the real one i guess where it has best weapon was when there was he was picking up the military and the guy fell onto the splitting the spinning blade
1: that's my pick that's funny uh, it's, it, Yeah, I it was clever i said it's an antenna drill yeah <laughs>
0: I didn't, I didn't know what it was, but as soon as he started spinning on it, I was like, "Oh!" I, I think guess it was an is...
1: antenna in the shape of a drill, which made no sense. But yeah, it was a choice. very
0: strange thing. But I, I digress.
1: Uh, worst character, I feel like I, I tried and avoided to avoid this character because
0: you couldn't. It was I, the only, I just it was, couldn't. The, it was the movie set set it up as the only option.
1: Yeah, Professor Brandon Lowe. <laughs> just terrible what a horrible human being i mean i they also like you said they made you want to hate him like from the beginning he's out for the money and like you know i get it but that's the clear answer the only other person i have is uh kinza for trying to take the escape pod and just like nut up like you dumb
0: bitch like you stupid stupid bitch
1: you stupid stupid bitch you killed yourself because of your fear
0: um i I mean i just with with professor low it's just because he's i said it was the only obvious choice um was my runner-up as well it's just like you designed a character to be so despicable you throw in this subplot where he wants to resurrect jason to to make money like you did everything possible to make this the worst character possible and then he just is the worst character possible it's just they not only succeeded but it's like there's not even a no close, one's even close. It's not even a close call. They clearly just... Because the characters weren't terrible. They were very bland and blasé, and some of them were forgettable, but they were fine. The characters... And, in almost of the whole the characters were kind of just fine.
1: Okay, ask a good question. Of course. This guy that the professor was talking to in the beginning of the movie what what was going on there
0: and what's the backstory to that
1: yeah and how the fuck did he know who jason was it's literally what three thousand years later and he somehow knows that jason not 300 it's 400 years later
0: something years later but it's like he's like "Oh, jason the the notorious killer he's like oh yeah that one would get you a lot of money he's like oh we got a a reanimated person walking around it's like we've had hundreds of people reanimated people are going to take like thousands. That's yeah. so not worth you're anything. Not, like, who are you?
1: You're not on Earth anymore. You haven't been for hundreds of years, so how are people going to know what Crystal Lake is? So, you know, the, whatever.
0: Um, Let's get to the
1: best quote, I, worst quote.
0: <laughs> Go for course. it. Um, there were a couple for this, but I really... Um, my runner-runner-ups, um, when the professor and whoever it was, I don't know what student was, talking about the midterms, and they're um, being sexual, and she's saying harder, Daddy, and he shouts, you pass. Um, I said, I can't believe this is a real thing. I feel like I'm watching a bad porno. (laughs) Oh, oh my
1: God. That was very strange literally um, nipple clamps and what yeah, are you doing she's
0: tweaking, she's tweaking his nipples saying harder daddy and i'm like wow this is really very sexual
1: and it and was then- very inappropriate
0: in 2020 you do not Ver-
1: show someone getting good grades in exchange for sexual favors
0: i mean it reminded me of from uh, jason takes manhattan when uh the the chick's trying to seduce the professor but like nothing really happened she's just like yeah. he's like what are you doing but in this it's like oh, on on on. tweaking tweak nipples and screaming hard, saying harder daddy and he finally screams you pass and I'm gonna go what he literally feels like a set for a bad porno so that only, was a,
1: the only reason this is, happened was because I'm watching Seinfeld currently it just reminded me of the sequence when George is uh having sex with his secretary oh my god Stadium. I'm giving you a raise I'm
0: giving you a- but it's funny, like that's like you're laughing. Right? And that's hilarious. You know, yeah, I mean? because George I
1: mean, has no possible way to give her a raise. And and so. then
0: the episode even calls back to that. Jerry's saying he's like, What do you mean you give her a raise? You can't give her a raise. You know, and it's like it's just they they harp they harp on that. Whereas like this is kind of they harp on that. Where this is kind of there's nothing they do with it. It's no, kind of just it doesn't amount to anything.
1: It's because he as the professor truly holds the keys to giving her better grades, where George has no right to offer someone a Correct, raise. Correct,
0: which is why it's funny. Which yeah. is why it's funny, and this is not funny. Just like I said, Anyway, like a, continue a bad with the quote. My runner, more runner-ups, runner, runner ups, um, when they're looking at Jason, they say, can someone tell me what's on his face? Some kind of 20th century carbon unit. And they say, it's a hockey mask. They say, what's hockey? And they say, a sport band in 2024. The whole thing, very COVID friendly. <laughs> a, a, a 20th century carbon filtration unit. I'm like, if only you knew. Um,
1: they may have gotten what's happening to Earth pretty spot on, by the way.
0: I mean, it was weird, and they say hockey's been 2024, and I'm like, hmm, I mean, maybe the way the world is going, it's very strange. Um, the the pilot, um, kids in their fucking field trips, when they find out that Jason's on board, um, there's the simulated girls at the end, <laughs> and they're trying to lure lure on jason hey do you want to drink beer smoke pot or have premarital sex and then together they say we love premarital sex and i'm like i can't believe what i'm watching right now and of course sexual uh to make a note it's very funny just a side note that jason immediately is woken up uh um juxtaposed with the two teens having the premarital sex that (laughs) wakes him up i just found it very outrageous but of course my best quote a small line I almost missed um, was when they—I uh, don't know who it was—early on. He said, "I can never be with a girl whose balls are bigger than mine." <laughs> um, he's making oh out with God. with someone, and early on, I think it's with Kinza and uh, what's her name? What's his name? Stony. Um, so I, I don't—I don't know who it was, but I heard that line. I said, "That's a line I never thought I would hear." Um,
1: yeah. And I gave up on the characters' names, but in these two movies, I'll be honest. They all
0: they all blended together at this point.
1: Um, is that your choice?
0: That is my choice. Yes, you may move on.
1: Cool. Um, so I only have a couple. Uh, in the beginning, Doctor Wimmer, David Cronenberg's character says, "I don't want him frozen. I want him soft."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's funny. That's great.
1: Also. This movie proves that Jason knows how to work chains. He unchained himself, so I still don't understand how when Tommy ties a rock to him, he can't figure out how to get out. Correct. Anyway, that's a, just a tiny tangent. Um, then later on, Professor Brandon Lowe says, Our scans reveal him, Jason, to be very dead. I'm like... <laughs> I was like, where are we? The Wizard of Oz, where you need the munchkin to come out and be like, we proclaim her sincerely, truly dead. Like,
0: what is happening? <laughs> what is happening right now?
1: But I'm shocked you didn't say this one. The true answer is, guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back.
0: <laughs> I forgot about that. That's that's one I heard and I was like Mm, I don't know about this. I meant to make a note of it. And I didn't.
1: It just, oh man, that line. I can't. He just, <laughs> just wants his the, machete back.
0: He just wants his machete back. And, oh my God. And
1: that concludes our awards.
0: My final thoughts. Um, as far as my final thoughts go, um, this is um there's a lot going on in this movie and it's like to talk about it would just take too much time more time than we've spent but it's like there the vibes of this have traveled so far from where you and i began with friday the 13th um like i said literally
1: out to space
0: i mean literally i mean it's when they talk about taking franchises out to space as uh they've rumored with uh, fast and the furious or it's whatever It's not a
1: rumor it's confirmed
0: apparently michelle rodriguez has leaked it or or whatever she said something that confirmed that they're Mission doing it.
1: impossible is also going to space
0: i mean that's the whole idea right so when you take your franchise to space they talked about machete going to space or whatever so it's like that's going to space is always a thing it's always like hey how far are you gonna take your franchise before you go to space so for this movie to do it it's like it's self-aware and it's outrageous and it's crappy and it feels a lot. I wrote, made a note here. It feels a lot like a shitty early to an early <laughs> a shitty early two thousands sci fi flick, filled with black leather, red spacesuits, uh, one liners, whipping sound effects, um, you know whatever explosions, and it's just weird. And I said it almost feels a few steps away from like a space Power Rangers episode, but of course more violent. Um, everything about this movie is outrageous. And yet seeing Jason is like this representation of something that once was, and he was this mutation. And to get meta about it, it's like he's this character who can't die, like a franchise that can't die. And it's like, you've literally projected ourselves 400 years in the future. Is this after Freddy vs. Jason? I'm assuming, I guess this is Freddy vs. Jason's between. I, it, does, yes, it, I, it doesn't matter, but it's like, there is so much happening. Oh, the movie this Freddy vs.
1: Jason, sorry, came out the following year if that's your but question. The, but the, but the,
0: I, again, I haven't watched that since the AMC Fearfest days, the binge, I, as binges I did, but I, so I he came remember. back
1: to earth and that's why.
0: Unless that movie took place between parts nine and 10.
1: I don't think that these are meant to really be watched that way. And because and, and, <laughs> uh, there's no, that's why I'm
0: glad that you and I are doing going further than this, but yeah,
1: there's no explanation as to how he gets out of hell to begin with. Uh, but see, that's what I would have wanted for part nine. You know, maybe the pitch is Jason is so evil that hell spat him back out. But again, we don't need to harp on that movie.
0: Um, Jason it's really X, just so
1: sorry. Yeah, no,
0: ahead. it's really. I'm just. I'm kind of running around in circles. It's just like there's some. What, well, I'll say because I haven't really said anything about it. I've said it a lot about the movie, but I haven't said anything about my thoughts. Really, So it's just really. At least they knew what they were doing, and unlike Jason, goes to hell they kind of were having a lot of fun with the movie it seemed like um i can't say this is in good faith a good movie of course but it's incredibly entertaining it's arguably one of the most entertaining entries you and i've watched thus far of the entire friday 13th franchise i was never bored i was never i, I mean i had sh- I, there were moments i was shocked and i was laughing and i was kind of like what are we watching and, like you talked about like how you had pinpointed like charlie the charlie's angels moment like it was so silly and stupid but like it never felt like it was trying to be anything other than that. The androids, the regeneration, the um, the stupid characters, but also like that military scene. Like that was like the best part of the movie. Like, that the movie, was. That I was mean, pure at
1: alien. It was I, a
0: ripoff, but like I could have watched the whole movie of that, you know. And I'm kind of glad it wasn't because it really would have felt like a direct ripoff. But absolutely, the um,
1: whole, I, as yeah. a whole, I feel like this movie is just. Uh, it's a product of its time, kind of like what you were alluding to. And did it have moments that were like, what is going on here? Sure. But like you said, this is definitely one of the more entertaining entries in the franchise. I can't say that I'm gonna come back to this movie very often, but, or, you know, maybe ever. But I feel like if I were to wanna watch just a fun, stupid Friday the 13th movie, this kind of would be the go-to. Like, if I wanted to show someone just how, like like it was said at the beginning of this podcast, this movie feels like The Room. It's just that stupid and that terrible. So, like, if I were to just hang out with friends and drink and get stoned, not that I would do such a thing. Never. And we were looking for just something really stupid to throw on the TV while we were drinking and getting stoned, maybe I would throw this on. Yeah, you could just sit there and make fun of it.
0: It's it certainly that got kind more of movie. Yeah, certainly got more entertainment value in the replay sense of like, sure, would you choose to put it on? Maybe not, but like if you're with people and like you're looking out for a good time and something of this jo- specific genre comes across your your way where it's like horror, but it's sci-fi and it's stupid, whatever, like it can definitely make for a great time. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And my true final thoughts, the reason I feel like this movie worked, even on the basic level of it's stupid, but fun, is that they brought Jason, sure he's in a spaceship, but he's back to doing what he should be doing, which is just hunting people down, compared to part nine, where they built this whole gothic world around Jason that we really don't need. We just need Jason to go on an enclosed space and kill people. And that's what they were able to do in this movie. And I appreciate that. And I had fun watching it. That's my final thought.
0: I completely agree. And it's just to, just to cap off what you're saying, so we can, you know, end this thing is that it's, it's, this is a little reminiscent of Jason takes Manhattan in the sense that when Jason was on the cruise, it felt like the movie was really working. Cause it's like, it's an enclosed space. They're on open water. You know what I mean? There's only so much much of a space they can go while they're being stalked by Jason and picked off one by one. Once they get to Manhattan, it's kind of like, okay, what are you really doing? This is the movie you pitched, but this is not the movie we were watching.
1: Where with Jason
0: X, it's kind of like, it was the whole movie was that pitch. It was like, hey, it's them on a spaceship, and that's it.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. This is the first movie that adhered to what it was being promoted as.
0: Completely. Uh, so I think that's a good note to end on. I think that Great. you and I, uh, you know, whatever we can agree to disagree, it's a very entertaining piece. <laughs> and we'll Jason, see, where uh, next, uh, we'll hell, see where it lands next. We'll see where it
1: lands on our yeah. list. So Josh, tell me, what is your pick of the week? Know though that this is your last October pick. Uh,
0: okay. I'm very confident that this will be a good last pick of for October. Um, I'm going to go with Sam Raimi's 2009 masterpiece, Drag Me to Hell. Okay. Um I figure Jason Goes to Hell was a good precursor to going to <laughs> hell and and there's actually a little bit of hell teased in this movie. Um, to hell. it's one of the last movies of its kind in my opinion in terms of doing not just really horror comedy cuz Sam Raimi's never doing horror comedy but he's not like hey we're making a comedy like he just does horror movies that are so outrageous that like you can't really help but laugh at a lot of them. I mean this is a movie that um uh, has a girl an old lady into this the dashboard of her car and in slow motion her it's bashing you know her teeth are flying out of her, her head it's just like you know an old lady's throwing up cockroaches on a girl it's like, like there are you know talking goats and it's kind of like yeah, it's demonic and about possession but it's like at never one moment is it supposed to demand that you take it seriously it's kind of like hey here's a horror movie Will shock you, will terrorize you, will make you laugh, but like you're gonna have fun with it. And it's kind of like horror has become boldly serious over the last few years. And you and I have had off the air many discussions about how horror has reached a kind of a new renaissance between movies like The Witch and It Follows and The Babadook. Like the horror has become gothic and dark again in a new and bold and serious way, which is weird for us to like enter this current generation we're in of horror movies uh but i look at drag me to hell in nine it's already you know 11 years old as of the time of this recording and it's kind of like that movie still holds up in so many ways it still makes me jump it still makes me laugh um sam raimi's directorial efforts are all over it and it's one of the most entertaining movies i've ever seen in my life I, in terms of horror movies it's a great note to go out on it's just it's exciting and like I said it's funny and it's it's it does everything the genre needs to do uh, Jason goes to hell I figure like all right well he he didn't actually go to hell really I don't care what demons dragged him down at the end despite demons dragging down other characters and drag me to hell um it just resonated with me I stuck with it I couldn't think of anything space related or anything related to Jason X so I stuck with drag me to hell it's gonna be my pick I'm gonna stand by it very good <laughs> Please uh, tell Everything the good people at home. Everything you just said
1: uh, is what I'm hoping Sam Raimi brings to Doctor Strange too. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, For my pick of the week, I'm going to go with the most classic of all Halloween movies. And Josh is about to be shocked. I'm excited to see his face. I'm going to go with Hocus Pocus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I grew um, up in the age of uh television for those and cable for those kids out there who don't know what that is it's when you went to a tv channel and you didn't have control over what you watched and every year on abc family which no longer even exists they would play hocus pocus over and over and over again same with disney channel and i would find myself watching it at least probably twice in every october growing up so to me it's become almost a quintessential to halloween is the movie ridiculous absolutely is it fun hundred percent you know when Bette midler gets up there and starts singing i put a spell on you come on she put a spell on all of us uh so that's my pick of the week. Steven Josh looks like he wants to say something. Though.
0: Steven, no, I'm, I, just, I don't. I hate guys. I talk so much. I don't want to trump what you're saying. I, I you don't have to defend Hocus Pocus. Me, Hocus Pocus is the equivalent of like, Hocus Pocus is to Halloween what like Home Alone is to Christmas. It's this that's childhood
1: a great analogy.
0: That's how I've always looked at it because it's this childhood movie that people of our generation grew up with, where we watch it as adults and we're like, this is kind of ridiculous but there's something that has the spirit of the holiday so well that watching it makes me feel both nostalgic and satisfied as a moviegoer, regardless of its flaws or whatever any critic wants to say about it because it does what it needs to do for the holiday season. And it's, it's funny and it's filled movie. with one-liners. It really is. It's filled with one-liners. It's funny. Uh, it's, an, it's engaging. It's entertaining. It doesn't have to be, by anyone's standards, a good movie. It just has to do what it needs to do for its season, for its time. You can watch it once or twice or 31 times a year. I don't give a shit how many times you watch Hocus Pocus or Home Alone. That's exactly how I've – these are unison in that same way. Yeah. So
1: that seems like a good place to go out on.
0: Uh, Uh, I completely agree.
1: Can't wait to watch (laughs) Hocus Pocus. Um,
0: Bring it on, man. On
1: Disney Plus now. So, yes,
0: happy Happy Halloween, I guess. <laughs>
1: not yet. It will be Halloween when the next episode airs, when we uh, uh, rank all of the Friday the 13th movies.
0: Yes, we are lying. It is not Halloween yet. It'll be Halloween next week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Even in a yes. week. Yes. Uh, um, so we will get to that ranking episode next. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Filmart, And... We will see you next time.
0: We're gonna make that Instagram, Stephen. We have to, all right? You know, we're but we're gonna close out Friday the 13th the right way. I'm very happy with all of this.
1: Make Instagram great again.
0: Make Instagram great again, please, for the love of God.